This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this show's for you. Welcome. I'm Christine Latour from Brella Insurance, and today I'm hosting my first Better Benefits podcast. And this is even more exciting for me because my first guest is my brother, Dan Latour, Executive Director of the Skin Cancer Foundation. Danny, when we were growing up fighting over who got the front seat, I doubt we ever would have believed we've had an opportunity to work together like this as adults. So thank you for agreeing to be my first guest. My pleasure. Happy to do it. And uh, I can't believe we're actually doing this on a podcast. Certainly wouldn't have imagined that when we were kids. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about what led you to work at the Skin Cancer Foundation? Sure. Basically, it was back in 2006. I had been in the advertising business for about uh, 10 years, working in advertising planning and then uh, sales at magazines like People and Sports Illustrated, then started doing some digital work uh, with CBS television, but decided that I wanted to do something a little bit differently and found an opportunity with the Skin Cancer Foundation to use the skills that I had learned and developed in sales, but to raise money for a cause, this one being skin cancer, and working with companies to come up with unique ways for them to support our mission and uh, help the people that we serve. Right. And to that end, May was Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And some of the important information that was shared included these statistics. 20% of Americans will develop skin cancer, making it the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the United States. Every year in America, more people are diagnosed with skin cancer than all other cancers combined. In fact, over 9,000 people are diagnosed with skin cancer every day. And so when I read those statistics and I learned how common a diagnosis this is, I pursued some other sources of data. And I also found that 5 million people are treated for skin cancer every year. And this includes over 33,000 trips to the emergency room for a sunburn, where the average cost for sunburn treatment in the emergency room is over $1,000. At Brella, we talk about our mission to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. And so after learning about the prevalence of a skin cancer diagnosis and the costs associated with treatment, I became interested in bringing the Skin Cancer Foundation to my first podcast discussion. It's the perfect time of year for this information to be front and center for people. And I think there's an opportunity to drive continued education and maybe help prevent some of those costly emergency room visits. Dan, there's some specific aspects of the work the foundation does that I'd like to dive deeper into with you. But to open, I think it would be great if you can give us an overview of the Skin Cancer Foundation. Sure, sure. Well, we are an educational organization that started in 1979. So we're well over 40 years at this point. And when I say that we're an educational organization, it means that our whole goal is to make sure that people have the information and resources they need to help prevent, detect, and treat skin cancer. We do have other programs that aren't specifically about education. We have some small research grants that we do, and we do some other types of service-related programs. But for the most part, the vast majority of what we do is about educating. And our mission, very specifically, is that we save and improve lives. We empower people to take a proactive approach to daily sun protection and the early detection and treatment of skin cancer. Again, what we're really trying to do is hit those three phases. Prevention, if we can stop it at all, we'll do that. If you're unfortunate enough to develop skin cancer, we want to find it early because that's when it's most curable. And if 
you either find it early or don't find it early, we know that people need resources beyond their medical providers to help them understand a little bit more, take their time as they digest what they're going to be going through and learn about the types of treatments that they're going to face. So to your point, we know that the earlier it's detected, the less intensive the treatment is. But the reality of it is that a doctor's visit or a trip to the emergency room for sunburn might often be an out-of-pocket cost for an individual. And so in a familiar paradox, medical consultation might be postponed because of financial impact, which can then lead to unnecessary progression of the condition, ultimately resulting in more invasive and more costly treatment. The Skin Cancer Foundation has a number of comprehensive programs, and I heard you say in another podcast that you recently participated in that each of these programs is in a different stage of maturity in terms of how long the programs have been in existence. But it occurred to me that they're also focused on those different stages that you just mentioned, right? So prevention, detection, treatment. In terms of prevention specifically, you have general educational resources available, and then you also have the seal of recommendation. Can you spend a minute on that? Sure. The, the SEAL recommendation is one of those programs that I would certainly classify as uh, mature. It began in 1981, and I oftentimes describe it to lay people as the good housekeeping seal of approval, but for sun protection products. That includes sunscreens, hats, clothing, awnings, umbrellas, window film for your car, your home, sunglasses, basically any physical product that you can purchase to protect yourself from the sun can be eligible for our SEAL recommendation program. And what we do there is we have companies submit their applications. We receive all their testing data, and we have a group of independent photobiology committee members who are experts in how the sun interacts with the skin, review the data, make sure that all the claims are accurate, make sure that the proper tests have been done, and they can earn our SEAL recommendation. So we right now have about 105, 110 companies in that program. Um, with thousands of products that have been reviewed and approved. I think the key thing for the foundation is that we actually require additional information than the FDA might for sunscreens, where they certainly make the rules as far as what SPFs need to be done, what ingredients are allowed in sunscreens. What we do then is look at the actual testing itself, uh, which is all proprietary, but then we also look for things like contact irritancy to make sure that it doesn't irritate the skin, phototoxicity, make sure that uh, the claims on the, on the bottle match exactly what the testing says. So uh, we go a little bit deeper, but like I said, it's a 40-year-old program in and of itself that you will see if you go into any drugstore or any place where they buy, uh, where you can buy sunscreen, pick up some of the sunscreen bottles, you'll see that field recommendation on most products. Yeah, that sounds familiar to me. I think I have it on, on some other products that I'm looking at right now across my dining room table. And, and secondly, there's detection, and you have a program called the Big C. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the Big the Big C is a great program. It's actually uh, a PSA, a public service announcement, where we knew that we had to get uh, messaging out to people in order to give them an idea of what they need to look for. So, for example, skin cancer is very complicated. There is basal cell carcinoma, there's squamous cell carcinoma, there's melanoma. They all look different. They all look different on different skin tones. So how do you tell somebody what to look for when you're trying to give them an opportunity to check their own skin? So what the big C does is it boils it all down, all these complicated concepts into, is it new, is it changing, or is it unusual? If it's one of those three things, go to the doctor. If you know, you've know you got something, the doctor's going to figure out what it is, they'll do a biopsy, they'll tell you if it's melanoma, squamous, or basal cell. We don't care why you go to the doctor, we don't care what type of skin cancer it is at this point. I shouldn't say we don't care, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we want you to be checking your own skin and be comfortable knowing 
that you're only looking for three things. It's not complicated. So we have print ads that run in national magazines. We have television ads, a 30-second commercial that runs sometimes nationally, oftentimes locally. You'll see it on games. You'll see it on newscasts. You'll see it on cable programs. So it's been a great program and a great way to get people to pay attention to what's going on in their skin. And you have my favorite program, which is Destination Healthy Skin. And I always thought that this was innovative and just a really smart service. Talk a little bit about the history of it and this year's current program, which I believe is in flight right now. Sure. So uh, Destination Healthy Skin, it's actually a a reboot of sorts. Um, We launched a program back in 2008 called The Road to Healthy Skin. And we ended up getting a new RV, having a new plan on how we did it. But we've actually been doing a program very similar to this between these two for the last 10 years or so, maybe more. And it's an RV that has been customized into basically a traveling dermatologist's office. It has two exam rooms. It has a waiting area. And we drive from city to city where we recruit volunteer dermatologists that come out of their office and out into the public and work within this RV to provide pre-skin cancer screenings. And what's great about it is it's very inclusive. It's able to get out to people that may not have insurance. They may not even be thinking about getting a skin cancer screening. They might be worried about something they've had on their arm or their shoulder, but never thought it was enough to actually make an appointment. But it's also great because we reach people in three different ways. And I always talk about it in tears. So we're able to touch people very, very directly by giving them skin cancer screenings themselves, right? It doesn't get any more personal than having a doctor look at your skin in person. It's one way. So we're saving lives directly. Secondly, the RV is covered with that messaging that we use for the big C called New Changing Unusual. So it's basically like a traveling billboard. The RV is 40 feet long and it's about 15 feet high, driving around the country for four months and basically driving around the country where people can just see the RV itself and pick up on some of that messaging as if it's an advertisement. We also have people that gather around the RV that don't come in for the screening, but they take samples of sunscreen. They take literature about learning about skin cancer. So there's that second wave that we're touching people, even if they aren't being directly affected by the skin cancer screenings. Lastly, it's a really big draw for the media. We've been in national magazines. We've been on the Today Show. We've been on Good Morning America. Every city we go into, there's opportunities for local news crews to come out, interview doctors, interview patients. So the message gets expanded to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people instantly about the importance of getting screened. So it kind of has that three tier, but we definitely know that we're saving lives. We find all kinds of skin cancers. We keep those reports. We stay in touch with people and it's a program that just flat out works. Do you happen to know some of the upcoming cities? I do. We're actually, uh, we're in the West Coast now. We're actually in Arizona at the moment. We will be going from Arizona this weekend to Los Angeles, to Seattle, then back out to Utah. Then it kind of comes back to the center of the country again. We kind of stick around each city for two or three days, wherever we get those volunteer dermatologists, and then we move along. So it'll be running through the beginning of September. And uh, you can always visit skincancer.org to find the schedule. It's all right there. Great. That's what I was going to ask, where people can go for more information. That's terrific. So switching gears a little bit, Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, talks to the Skin Cancer Foundation about how his job requires prolonged exposure to the sun. I remember when you had initially told me about his involvement with your organization and listening to his story was another reason I wanted to bring this topic to Umbrella podcast audience. It it really speaks to how the workplace, beyond just in terms of benefit packages, 
plays a role in education and prevention of this most common cancer. Give us a little more detail about his story and his desire to partner with you. Sure. Well, you know, I'm a football guy, so uh, it's always fun Heard to that. talk about the NFL <laughs> and have those types of conversations. So, uh, yeah, Sean, Sean's great. Basically, we noticed that the NFL had this program called Your Cause, Your Cleats, and players and coaches would actually paint or draw different nonprofits onto their cleats to help raise awareness for them. And without us even knowing, we saw a picture of Sean McDermott's cleats being about sunscreen and skin cancer. So we reached out to him and said, you know, we can give you a, a platform if you want to work with us, we can talk through this. And he jumped at the opportunity right away. And we set up several calls where we talked through it. He said he's, he's been affected by skin cancer in several different ways. Uh, he's very open about it. He's had it himself. He's had mentors in the NFL that unfortunately have passed away from skin cancer. Uh, Jim Johnson, who was a defensive coordinator with the Eagles, was a mentor of his. Uh, when he was a younger coach and he died from melanoma, there are several coaches in the league right now that are struggling with some some serious forms of skin cancer. And he himself, he's just, he's been dealing with it. So he makes it a point to coach out on the field with a big hat, uh, long sleeve shirt most of the time. He's got sunscreen. He just, he recognizes what it can do. He knows his profession requires him to be outside all day long. So he just wants to make sure that he shares it and, and let people know that it's, you know, not just older people that have to deal with it. It's not just people that are sitting at the beach or going to tanning booths. It's, it's an occupational thing. So he, he's been great to work with and we're looking to do more with him. Yeah, it's really a terrific story. And, and, and to your point, there are industries where this is an occupational risk. That's one of them. And some are obvious, right? Anyone that spends a lot of time in the sun might be at higher risk. But I was surprised to learn about a few others from your website. Astronauts, pilots oil and gas field employees, even firefighters apparently have a higher risk in their industry. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, some is, is intuitive and some not so much. I think when you're talking about the damage that the sun can do to skin and, and to DNA, it really boils down to radiation. And we talk about UVA and UVB rays. There's actually something called UVC rays that, that come out of the sun, but don't make it through the atmosphere. So we're protected from those. But, you know, UVA and UVB is what we deal with. Part of dealing with UVA and UVB has to do with altitude, right? So the higher you are, the more intense the UVA and UVB rays are. So when you talk about pilots, you know, they're flying way up 30,000 feet, just like if anybody's been to the top of a mountain, whether they're skiing or hiking or climbing, they tend to get sunburned a little bit quicker because of altitude. So people are, sorry, pilots are you know, flying planes and they've got different rays coming through. Same thing with astronauts. But then when you start talking about other occupations, not everything related to skin cancer has to do with the sun. So while, you know, firefighters might be spending some time outside, they're also exposed to different chemicals, fire retardants and other types of things that they're using to fight fire. So there's, there's different things that go into it that people aren't always thinking about. You know, sometimes you'll hear on TV about the advertisements for people that were down in the area of uh, lower Manhattan after 9-11 and skin cancer is one of the things that people have to deal with from some of the, the toxins that were released when the Twin Towers fell. So uh, skin cancer certainly is something that we can do a good job of preventing when we're thinking about it from the sun, but they should also recognize that there are certain elements and certain chemicals that can increase uh, skin cancer as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. In terms of the industry risk, the Skin Cancer Foundation has published a couple of blog articles that speak to these topics. And what what do you, would you say are the key messages of, of those blog articles? Well, if it's specifically about occupations, I think the biggest thing is that people need to realize that they can protect themselves when they're working. It's not just when they're going to the beach or when they're going to a picnic. 
you know, we recommend that people use sunscreen every day just to protect from incidental sunscreen. So whether they are going to be spend three hours in the sun at, at a pool or if they're just going to go walk the dog, that incidental sun exposure adds up over time and, and does damage the skin and the DNA. So, you know, working people should be wearing sunscreen. You know, certainly there are special clothes that we talked about earlier with uh, the seal of recommendation. Uh, UPF is ultraviolet protection factor. That type of clothing really helps. So if people have jobs where they're outside, often they can think about protecting themselves with that specialized uh, clothing, but also even just regular clothes helps looking for opportunities to go out in the shade, making sure that they have covers if they're out in the field or you know, can, can take, take that precaution to avoid uh, midday sun, if at all possible. So I think just having a general awareness that you know skin cancer is a risk, especially if you're outside often, is the most important message. Yeah. And, you know, the, the message, there's the employee's ability to protect themselves and look for opportunities to lower their risk. And then for the employer, it, you know, it's it's not even just about the high risk industries and what they can do. A CDC stat that I read indicated that every year Americans lose more than $100 million in work productivity because of restricted activity or restricted capability or their absence from work completely due to skin cancer. And lost productivity at work can have an even greater impact than just not doing the work, right? It can drive insurance costs across health and disability experience, just to name a few. And there's also the other impact of an employee diagnosis because it can mean additional absences for employees under a federal leave or a paid leave if they have to take care of family members that have the diagnosis. So in addition to the employee taking their own precautions, there's things the employer can do. And I think you mentioned some of them, like the protective clothing and providing maybe some shaded outside space for breaks for outside workers. Anything else you could suggest to employers in terms of what they can do to sort of drive awareness and drive production? Sure. I think I think education is key, right? Like That's what our organization is all about. So employers sharing information either through monthly emails that the human resources divisions can send out. There's brochures, there's posters, you know, communicating it through sometimes like a brown bag lunch sort of thing where you can invite a local dermatologist in to talk about different questions and how to protect yourself. I think just by companies making it a priority to talk about, that's the biggest thing because it doesn't matter if you're, you know, an expert dermatologist or if you're a lay person who's just uh, going to work every day. It's all about awareness and it's all about understanding that this is real. It happens while, you know, you mentioned earlier that skin cancer is the most common cancer more than all the other ones combined, at least the ones you listed. It's often not talked about that much and it's often considered not such a big deal. And when we were creating the whole big C program, a big part of how we got to our messaging and simplification is that, you know, skin cancer is no big deal until it is, right? And when you talk about losing time, it's, Everything from the visit to the dermatologist to the treatment itself, whether it be surgical or some type of a topical medication to recovery time to constant, you know, checks. Once you have skin cancer, you actually should get skin cancer checks more often. So I think just companies embracing the idea that it's such simple information. It's not complicated. It's not anything that people really have to worry about understanding in any deep way. Two things. If you protect yourself in the sun and if you have your employees look for things that are new, changing and unusual, it's a win. And if employers wanted to provide individuals with additional information, I'd I'd assume you'd suggest they could go to the Skin Cancer Foundation website as well, right? For more information and more resources. Absolutely. Everything anybody needs is right there at skincancer.org. Whether they, you know, go directly to the website, if they just uh, Google or search skin cancer, our website's going to come up. 
or they can reach out to us individually if they wanted to do more. We actually work with companies to do these types of programs and set up different either screenings or brown bag lunches. We actually have companies buying brochures from us. And we have a store on our website where they can buy brochures and send them out. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think the biggest thing is to make that commitment to start. Right. And so Brell is an insure tech company. So we like to talk about really cool technology. And I know that there's an app that the Skin Cancer Foundation partners with and, and works with. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So MySkin, it's a, it's a company over in Europe that approached us a few years ago. And, you know, we don't do a whole lot with apps because there's so many different technologies that are coming out. You know, different apps offer different things, whether it's taking pictures of your skin cancer and allowing you to log it to track if it's changing or if it's something that a doctor might be using from a diagnostic standpoint, everything is always a little bit different and challenging to keep up with. And what was great about working with MySkin is that it provides that opportunity to take the picture and log it to help you track if it's changing, but it also is just a way to continue to get the education out there through their users. I think anybody that downloads the MySkin app is taking that first step towards kind of making, taking that proactive step to be good about how they're taking care of their skin. A lot of people talk about checking themselves regularly. Days get away from you, weeks get away from you, years get away from you. Um, having something that helps you track it, keep you on schedule, hold your pictures. It's, it's a really good tool. So that's why we started working with them. Yeah, it's a very, very unique idea. So what haven't we covered so far that's important to the Skin Cancer Foundation that you would want to share with the audience? I think, you know, as I just said a, a second ago with the MySkin app, I think being engaged is the biggest thing. Having people talk about it, Part of the reason people don't realize how common skin cancer is, is because people don't talk about it. Someone will go to the doctor and just have a little something removed. They won't say, I had skin cancer, right? Everybody sees people have band-aids on their ears, on their nose, maybe on the back of their neck, but people don't talk about it. There's not something where, you know, the town is rallying around people because, you know, skin cancer can be cured quite easily. Everybody doesn't want to know about it. There's a little bit of a stigma uh, to it. So I think just having people be open about it when they have it and talk openly and talk to their kids and talk to their family members. We've definitely seen more people using sunscreen. We've definitely seen more people wearing uh, sun protective clothing, specifically at beaches and pools where kids are wearing these rash guards. Um, so we're definitely making progress. But I think having people feel comfortable talking about it is big. Part of that is through social media. We have a really good presence on Facebook, a great presence on Twitter and Instagram. And there are communities of people that are out there that are sharing their stories and sharing um, you know, their advice on how they're dealing with different things, whether it's someone who's you know, just maybe had a, a basal cell carcinoma removed and had a Mohs surgery and explaining how that process was, um, all the way to somebody who's fighting for their life from something called Merkel cell carcinoma, which is very rare and aggressive. So just getting involved, I think, is the biggest thing that I would say. I think that's something that's a message we deliver quite a bit to just communication and education around all things. And to your point, probably one of the reasons people don't understand or don't know that it is the most common cancer. So one of our messages at Brella is that no one can predict what health hardships will come their way. And that's true. But there are preventive measures we can all take as advocates of our own health and in our own roles, supporting others' health and financial well-being. I think the work that the Skin Cancer Foundation is part of that equation. So thank you very much for joining us today on the Brella Better Benefits podcast and for being my first guest. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity, <laughs> both as your brother and as the executive director of Skin Cancer Foundation and be able to uh, share information. So thank you. Thank you. 
Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.